Hello and welcome to the Comedians Outlook, the show where I, Luke Anthony, speak to fellow comedians about life, comedy and everything in between. I just want to say thank you so much for your wonderful feedback that I got about my conversation with Matt Price. He's such a great man. Please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. It really does help. And I've got some awesome episodes coming your way. Firstly, I've got Sean McLaughlin, who is currently supporting Ricky Gervais around the world. And the woke feminist geezer, yes, you've guessed it, the one and only, the coolest man in comedy, Rich Wilson, who's coming up soon too. But for this episode, I was joined by the amazing Anoush Garava. She has been acting since a very young age, was classically trained in acting by Lambda, and has recently embarked on her comedy journey. We speak about status, the difference between acting versus stand-up, and how culturally diverse she really is, and so much more. So please welcome to the show, the amazing the wonderful, the hilarious, the beautiful Anoush Garava. Yes, well, thank, thank you so much for joining me, Anoush Garava. It's great to, great to see you. You're, you're a French-Iranian actress and comedian. Yes. And when did, when did you start in the arts? At eight years old, I started taking classes. Um, yeah, funny enough, I, went, I started doing like impersonations and accents when I was five. And this teacher wrote to my parents saying I had a weird voice and I needed to check it because uh, like I, I needed to to have less of a deep voice. I was like five years old. So that was quite traumatizing. And now I'm like, well, I uh, guess who's winning because my voice is uh, my instrument and I, I record audibles. So I really want to find this teacher, Madame Robineau, because I was quite traumatized by her when I was a kid. So I, I didn't. So you're an actress, but you're a voice actress as well. So you do you do audio audiobooks too. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah for uh, well, Audible, I, it, my niche is the Iranian accent in English. <laughs> so I did uh, Arabian Nights with uh, Omid Jalili, who's also oh, he's yeah. a British Iranian comedian, and uh, uh, Volume One and Two. That was really fun. Days in the Caucasus and Caucasus. Oh my God, I had such a hard time saying that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. She's just, she's just lost that contract. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what, uh, yeah, What We Owe as well was the other one. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Okay. Love it. But you started doing, like, impressions and accents to, like, five years old. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just was playing with my voice, and I was imitating this famous cook, uh, Maite, and I, I would go around the class and, you know, pretend I was her, and, and I don't know, just make people laugh when I was a kid. And, the African accent uh, and French and uh, sorry, yeah, because uh, I grew up in Paris. I forgot to mention, but yeah, so uh, it was accents in French. So I would do like this Southern accent and yeah, just watch a lot of uh, a lot of comedies and uh, and try to imitate people. And then I thought, okay, what? I, I don't know. I was watching these movies and I told my mom, what could I do like to be there basically? And I asked her if I could uh, start taking acting classes. So I did. Okay, and she was just happy with that. Was... Yeah, she was. My father less so, but uh, okay. I mean, he thought he thought it was just a hobby, and uh, yeah, he he thought I'd, I'd get over it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fifteen years later, you're you're doing this still now. Yes, uh, it was a quite a different path, like as I I went off of it, back into it, like as I. Uh, my father, like, uh, you know, he wasn't really keen um, uh, for me to follow that, that career professionally. Um, so I, when I finished high school, uh, I was quite a good student. So uh, he was like, listen, uh, I want you to continue, but do like something useful because I wanted to study acting or filmmaking. 
And um, he said he wouldn't um, pay for my tuition if that was if that, that was the, the the route I wanted to to take. And so I had to study communications. I thought, okay, what else can I do? That's not too annoying. So I did communications and with a minor and like a lot of journalism classes. And yeah, my first job was uh, as a media consultant in Ivory Coast. <laughs> oh wow! Of all the places, what? Yeah. What brought you to Ivory Coast? Was it just like the experience you thought, oh, this would be interesting? Well, basically, I got uh, hired by this company, uh, Alpha Press, and in the interview process, I said, "Listen, are you ready to go anywhere?" And that was the deal. And so I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then uh, just two weeks after I was hired, they were they were said they said, "Okay, we have this project uh, starting in Abidjan. Uh, you're leaving in two weeks." I was like, "Okay." Because uh, they were looking for a, fr- a French-speaking person to conduct the uh, interviews uh, there for for the independent newspaper, so we had to translate. I was with two other people, and we had to translate from French to English. Um, it was really interesting. I had never been uh, to Africa in my life. It was a very uh, um, eye-opening experience as well. A different culture. Uh, it, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, but after that, I thought, okay. I know I can do that, and uh, then I decided to go to Lambda. Yeah, so, so you you got some you did some youth theatre courses while you're between like nine and fifteen. So yeah. your teenage was very much um, within the acting world. Yeah, and then you got like some professional acting training at Lambda. Yes, uh, yeah. After that, I thought I wanted to because the the youth training was in Paris. It was like twice a week, like Cours Florent, Cours Simon. There's uh, it's like. I'd say there's no national youth theater in France, but these would be the equivalent classes yeah. like youth youth I'm just, training. I'm just going to do the equivalent um, to subtitles now. That was Sylvia Young and uh, Cause Simon. Um, Cause Simon, yes. Yeah. yeah, Sylvia Young was in London actually. I did musical theater uh, summer courses in London. Okay. Yeah, lost in the the beautiful French accent. I I thought you had said Sylvia Young. Oh uh, well. no, Cours Florent <laughs> and and Cours Simon. That was in Paris. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, French makes sound it makes everything sound sexier as weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you ride that wave? Do you ride the French French wave? You love that? Yeah, I do. Uh, not as much as I could actually, because I I feel like more international than just French because I grew up in uh, a collective bilingue. It's like a, a bilingual school, so you have a lot of people like, that are French uh, American or British French, like. And also, I used to always come to visit my father, who was living in London, uh, still does. And yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in Paris. I feel very French, but I also went to boarding schools with a lot of very international people. Mm. So I feel like I have more of a of an international outlook on the world than just French. Yeah, yeah I mean, how does your how does your outlook on life sort of um, compare to the Parisian kind of stereotypical outlook on life that people seem to? <laughs> So when people meet me and I say I'm French, they're like, no, you're joking. You're too nice to be French. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I'm like, what did you girls do to people that they have such a bad opinion of, of, of French girls or like French in general? But yeah, no, it's just I feel like I do have this French mentality and uh, and all my cultural references are, are French. Just because, you know, you from the theater school that I went to when I was a kid studying Molière, uh, Corneille, all these very classical French uh, playwrights. Um, also, all the movies I've watched, uh, the museums I'd go to, and the artists I know are very, very French. Mm. Um, but uh, also having like an Iranian, uh, you know, father. I also have that uh, Middle Eastern um, in me. Uh, I'm very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, op- more open, I suppose, which is weird. Uh, but I-, I feel like the French are very. Um, 
how, how to say, like, I feel like there's a very different aspect when you're bicultural, because like my French family, they're, they're, I love them and I love both my families, but I just realized how the Iranian family is more like, um, sorry, I, I have to find the word. They help each other out more, like the Iranians. Okay. It's like more close. There's like a real community uh, sense. Then the French don't really like my grand, my Iranian grandmother. She would like always call me like, oh, I, if and if I go to visit her, she's like, I haven't seen you in a week. You don't think about me. What's up? I was like, I'm here now. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> uh, but my French grandma, she's like more chill. Uh, she's it's just different. Uh, uh, isn't that more like? Like capitals, though, isn't it? Like yeah. Like London's the same. Uh, Cambridge is the same, to be honest. Like yeah. with with Cambridge, you uh, you know everyone's in a rush. Like yeah. years back, I used to work in a cafe as a, a manager, and um, everyone wanted their coffee yesterday. Like uh, uh, twenty yeah. seconds, that's way too long to get a coffee. That yeah. is crazy, and they just want to get the coffee and go. Whereas you get up to the villages. And actually, if you don't spend the time with the customer, that's where you get the complaints because you haven't spent that time. It's, yeah. Well, so see, I love that aspect of things just to like have the time. I mean, Iranians are always late, by the way, I'm just saying. So that's the <laughs> thing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, uh, yeah, um, it's just I suppose, you know, you just chill in life and just take things as they go, you know, like whereas the I suppose the French are, are they also do. I don't know. It's weird. I feel like the French also are chilled, but in a different way. Um, yeah, they're, they're chilled when they're having dinner in the evening and yeah. they'll drink a glass of wine over six hours. I go to Paris. Yeah. Everyone's sitting in a terrace like at 3 p.m. Like, where are they? Like, where the... Doesn't not, no one work here? What is this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I feel like in London it's very more dynamic than Paris mm. for some reason. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm working... I do so much more when I'm in London than uh, when I'm in Paris for some reason. It's because nothing's open in Paris. <laughs> they, they, they close at weird times. Yeah. I want, to, I want something to eat. No, you have to get that in the morning when you get your croissant and your, and your baguette from the local shop. Yeah, you know. it's true. I feel like in London there's this like 24-hour type of like New York type mm. of vibe. Uh, whereas Paris is like hours are the hours, you know. If you go to the post office at five, at five it's closed at like 4.50, you know. It's <laughs> different vibe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So with with that kind of French slash Iranian background, um, clearly there, there's there's an element to that. There's the humorous. There's there's um, material from that, and yeah. and like you've predominantly got experience in in acting, and you've been quite successful. That you know you've produced, wrote, and directed your own film called Connected, which we'll talk about. But you've had a recent revelation with with like comedy coming into your world. I mean, you've done comedy acting. Yeah. But you've recently taken to the stage to stand up. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, uh, I feel like it's, it was such a journey to get to where I am now. Uh, like if I connect the dots backwards, I've always enjoyed making people laugh. Like since I was a kid, like I was telling you, I was making my other classmates laugh and I would do all these like, um, shows at the end of each semester. I would go in front of the class and just do my, my one, one hour show with this uh, good friend of mine, Julia Van Hagen. We're still very good friends. Uh, so we, the two of us go up there and, uh, and do impersonations. This was like when we were 10 years old, you know? And then, um, I don't know. Yeah. I figured, uh, I, I, straight acting was all like, I say straight acting as in like theater, like classical plays and stuff. Um, I kind of derailed myself in that and then and then last year I don't know it sounds weird like I did a lot of um, self-development uh, workshops and that was really helpful um, 
there's this uh, this French director who told me, but you're you're actually a funny girl, you know, like. <laughs> and he kind of revealed to myself like what I kind of was hiding for some reason. Uh, and it's like in my intimate life, I'm quite you know uh, like a funny person, but I, I don't I never like went on stage really to just do stand up. And he said that to me, and then I was like, actually, I should maybe try to to explore that uh, part of myself. Um, which I had when I was younger, I suppose, and then growing up, you kind of forget that childishness, and and you, you you know, uh, try to fit in society and and be like everybody else, uh, stupidly. But yeah, and then I was like, okay, no, I, I have this thing, and I want to explore that. And then um, I went to Burning Man, uh, in the middle of the desert. It's uh, this uh, festival, and then I did these uh, breathwork exercises, mm. and you figure out yourself like. I know it sounds a little, you know, subliminal, uh, but yeah, this this um, uh, breathwork uh, coach, he was doing this guided meditation and asking, so what what did you want to do when you were a kid? And you go into that that zone, and I was like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed making people laugh. Like that was what I wanted to do, and I kind of forget forgot that when I like became a, a young adult, and then. And then he said, okay, so what are you doing now? That, does that correspond to what you had uh, uh, as, a, as an, um, an image uh, when you were a, a kid? And I thought to myself, well, I'm close, like I'm acting, it's cool. But um, actually I thought, yeah, comedy was uh, more what I really wanted to do. And, mm. uh, and then I joined this improv group. So it's, I'm just saying, because it's weird, like all these uh, events that kind of connect Connect, uh, connected the dots um, so I got into this uh, French uh, British improvisation group called FBI and one of the uh, members uh, organized stand-up shows um, in French and English and so I did one of them um, a year ago and it went really well and so then I continued and uh, and then uh, I've been doing over over 60 gigs now I mean it's nothing I'm just at the beginning of it but it's just it was a, a, an exciting year for me I really enjoyed it yeah. so what so I've seen a couple of I've seen I've seen your stuff and it's great. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I think you touched on some really like interesting topics in your in your your comedy. So when you when you went about from being sort of you know writing film to performing stage as a as a comedian yeah. where you've got to get uh, like a fast hit rate of jokes in. Yeah. How did you go about building your material? So that's really interesting because okay, I was trying to adapt this short film that I did connecting into a feature, uh, connected um, into a feature film, and weirdly enough, the way that I was writing was more fitting to as like a stand-up format because I was just having a hard time doing all the chronology and I was reading all these books about writing the story, uh, save the cat, all of these, and then I was rereading re the scenes that I wrote and it was just. I thought, okay, that would fit into like a stand-up because it was like those short scenes um, that worked independently. And so then I took the material that I that I started writing for my feature film, uh, all these ideas about because um, I wanted to write about the, my father who's handsome and like that that Dilf uh, concept, you know, that I'd like to follow yeah, yeah. that. Uh, so that was like material that I, I wanted to do I for can, a feature. I can, conf I can confirm for the um, the podcast, he's a very sexy man. Oh my God, did you yeah. check him out? I did, of course. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So then I thought, okay, I'm gonna take that material and put it into into my comedy because I thought, yeah, it works as a as a little sketch like bit. And um, being multicultural, all the all of those themes, then I kind of, you know, got got all the setups uh, from from the material that I wrote for the the feature film, and then I I wrote all the setups down, and that's how I started writing my my set for the first uh, gig that I did, and then I had like to add the punchlines into them and like the transitions, but then it worked actually as a as, as a comedy piece. Mm, as a stand-up piece. As a stand-up yeah. stand piece, okay. yeah. And so how, how long was that at the time? Five minutes? You, in London, you tend to start on the five-minute... Yeah, um, uh, I d yeah, that was five minutes. Now I, I do ten minutes in different gigs sometimes, but yeah, mainly uh, five. You know, you know, in um, Cambridge and outside of London, we, we don't tend to start on fives. Oh. Unless it's like a proper open mic. Everyone, everyone sort of tries to give you ten minutes unless you're a little bit out of your depth. Really? Yeah, just, just because... Just because the quicker you can get from a five to a ten, the better, really. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You yeah. know, I did a ten minute yesterday. It felt really good, but I feel like, you know, everyone has to go through that down that route or at the beginning yeah, to get yeah. to know your like, get to know all the different comedy clubs and people don't know you. You have to get your work out yeah, there, yeah. basically. And London is particularly like that, where you just have you just have to do the you have to do the five. Yeah, but I've been minutes. lucky because it's like people see you, and then a lot of the comedians also run their own nights, and then they ask you to come over to their nights. It's a very supportive uh, industry, I'd say. Even I mean, even more so than with within the acting industry. I want to say. I mean, should I say that? I don't know. No, no that's fine. <laughs> actually, let me say it because I I don't really act that much anymore, yeah. so I I can't really burn any bridges. Um, mm -hmm. However, if you've got any acting work, I'm available for auditions, <laughs> and I'm very good at voiceover work, as you can hear. And um, but. I, I did find that, that, that there's an element of pretense to acting, particularly in theatre. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. That that's that comes with it. Whereas yeah. comedy is a bit more kind of you're creating what you're creating, yeah. and then it's coming from your heart. And especially if you tell, you know, you do anecdotes and you you do stuff like that. I mean, yeah. So comedy, you're giving a little bit more of yourself to in terms of your, especially yeah. like if you're a one-liner comedian, you can separate personality and your, your personal life from the jokes because yeah. they're just jokes but when you're trying to get someone aside with your personality and your story and your past yeah. you you really have to delve deep into that and and some of the stuff we speak about could you know are connected to to difficult things that we've been through yeah um, i feel that's probably part of, yeah part of it too because i feel like when you're an actor you don't write your own material so you're just kind of like waiting around to please some casting director and producer whereas what i feel like has been helpful in the um, comedy world is that you can write your your own material and just go out there and and share with the audience you know um and it's more of a direct feedback that you get um you know from the last like it, it's a very solitary world as well i want to say like you write by yourself you perform by yourself so it's a different dynamic than when you're you know doing a theater um uh, play and then you have a, a, a troupe, an ensemble cast and like everyone works together. So I guess, yeah, comedy is quite solitary, but then you get the support from other comedians uh, because I guess, you know, people know how hard it is to be vulnerable and just, you know, talk about your personal stories in front of un un unknown people. So I guess in that sense, maybe it's more, there's more solidarity because it's, there's no competition. We're all so different. Like we're all, even it, like I've, I've met other people that had like similar, like multicultural stories and stuff, but we're, we all have our own voices. So I feel like there's more space for everyone basically. 
Um, whereas when you're competing for one role, you got to uh, cor like correspond to what they're looking for. Whereas as a comedian, you offer yourself to the world, <laughs> I want to say, as in, and your stories, and, and it's just about how much you want to share. And I feel like when you're going at that deep, as you said, like sharing your personal stories, people want to help out because there's this authenticity um, and you're just genuinely sharing your, your stories and, and it's, a, it's a very vulnerable position to be in. And I feel like people want to help more in those cases. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've noticed actually, yeah. Now, as somebody who is clearly a brilliant actress, and a great writer and, and very good at your voiceover work that you do for Audible. Uh, looking for sponsors, by yeah. the way, Audible. If you want to <laughs> publish on uh, this podcast, you're very welcome to. You, you clearly, you know, established in that sense. You've got the respect from that side of things and you've got the confidence from, you know, from, from years of work in acting and, and writing and everything. Then going to the beginning of yeah. something where you're a novice again. Yeah. And you've got to start all over again because no matter how good of a writer you are, you know, being on stage is very different. And you know, as a comedian, it's very different to being in a, a play because you've got so many people to support you around you. Yeah. How did that impact your self-esteem? Gosh. Oh, wow. It was quite a boosting experience for my self-esteem, to be honest, because uh, you you feel that people are really rooting for you, you know, like people come here to laugh and they're, you know, how sometimes you feel like as an actress, you're being judged m more so like just for your performance. And if you mess up and then, oh, other comedian, other actors, sorry, will be like, oh, you didn't, you weren't good tonight. Or whatever. Whereas I feel like the, it's also a different audience that comes to see comedy and, and they're just here to have a good time. And they're, they're not there to judge you as in they'll, they're happy if they're laughing and, and just they, they, they want you to do well, I suppose. So that was, that was quite good for, for my self-esteem as well, I'd say, just because uh, maybe, maybe it sounds weird, but I'm not as confident as I maybe come across, you know. Uh, she just had to caveat that. That's sorry? Fine. She just had to caveat the shit out of that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, sorry, but it's true because, like, a lot of people say, you know, when you come you come across, like, maybe having a higher status, and I'm like, no, guys, I'm not as confident as that. Like, it's not as easy for me to go up there. Um, but it, it's just, uh, I love, I love hearing the the laughs like you know you're working by yourself at home like an idiot you don't know what's what's funny or not and then having the approbation of the audience that's really rewarding you know you know there's a real glorified thing about like comedy where we think oh yeah writing the the autonomy of being able to write and do your own stuff but really what it is is just us gaping into a blank space drooling from our mouth just trying to come up with something great yeah literally you know, and and if you were to film that it would look bloody awful <laughs> oh but, yeah uh, I, I must look really dumb like i'm i'm doing improv by myself and 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 trying to see what's funny or not and i'm recording myself like doing voice notes i'm in the subway right and I'm like i see stuff and I'm, i observe things and then i'm like mm. wait i can't because I, i'm I know myself, I used to do that mistake where I thought I would remember it and never. So now I record everything in my voice. Not, I'm in the subway and I'm like, da 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 da, people looking at me like I'm this creep, you know? <laughs> and then uh, you go home and you try to uh, make sense of what you observed in the, in the subway and try to subvert it and make it funny. And then, and then you try it in front of an audience. But yeah, as you said, it's, you're alone at home. You don't know what's, what's, what's gonna land or not. 
You obviously been relatively, you know, you know, been to the Golden Globes and and been to the big parties in America with with acting, but you know, you you found a new passion in in comedy. So, and you like us comedians, and we perform in Europe. We go been to like you know, we perform in Germany and all over Europe and things like that, and and France. But you you performed in France, but in French. Yes, as well. I write in both, which is. Uh quite challenging but it's also uh, interesting because I, I get to explore both languages I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm bilingual and I know both cultures quite well but for some reason I feel like English lends itself more to comedy because like there's a lot of double meanings and just the, you can say what you want to say in three words in English whereas it, it, it would take you 10 words in French French is a very poetic language um, as we established earlier on <laughs> yes Exactly. Uh, I love I love writing in both. It's just having because I've I've done I've gigged more in English, so I guess now bizarrely I'm more comfortable with with performing in English uh, the stand up. But uh, yeah, I'm doing a ten minute one on um in November in French in London. So that should be interesting because uh, it's like a bilingual community. And also I performed in English in Paris. Um, you did yeah nice yeah uh, at the Panam Cafe and this other place called Comedy Lab and uh, it was quite interesting because there were a lot of tourists uh, obviously in the in the audience um, so it's just interesting to see how uh, the same material because I took the same material that I perform in, in uh, London in Paris and it lands equally actually like they, they, they laugh at the same joke so it's like you got to find the universal aspect of comedy because uh, despite the fact that humor is very cultural, I think there are some universal themes that you can play around with and that everyone can connect with. So that's the type of comedy I want to do because um, I don't feel like I'm one humor versus the other. I mean, I grew up in Paris, but then I watched a lot of uh, uh, English and American comedians. Um, so I feel like I'm inspired by different different types of comedy and uh and yeah that's kind of what i want to do in in my in my sets like kind of try to find universal grounds yeah okay. that people can can identify with yeah. yeah so i've watched i watched um your backyard video oh yes. there, yeah yeah um very good very good room i love that room yeah. i always think if you don't if you die in that room then then you you should question whether you should be doing comedy or not <laughs> And because yeah. it's a very, very welcoming, like sort of nice room. Yeah. But in France, I've seen your video you've done in France. I didn't understand a word of it. But the way, <laughs> but the way you present yourself on stage is very much different. Like you, you, you're able to get away with a slightly higher status on the French scene yeah. in French. That's you interesting. Know? Have you noticed that in the two two different? Yeah, I feel like huh, maybe. Uh... It's because I feel like the French have a, more of a, um, a fashion sense, I want to say, than the Brits. <laughs> and, and, and us Brits have got really bad teeth. <laughs> as in, like, they won't judge me just because I'm, like, I'm wearing something a bit more high-end than, than just other comedians, maybe, or whatever, and I, I can get away with it. Whereas here in England, you really got to be low-key, you know? Because, like, I don't know, yeah, I feel like maybe that's why. Which one did you see? With the, when I'm wearing the, like, the, the black uh, outfit. Like the, I think so, yeah. I haven't remembered yeah, that. Yeah, that was much. my first set ever. To be honest, really? Yeah. Okay, the French one. Yeah, that was in French. That was actually in London. The was first it? set I did. But Being... it's true. It was in French in, 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 yeah, in London. Okay, wow. Yeah. 
But um, you got a really good reaction. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but you didn't understand a word. It's just the physicality that you saw, right? I mean. Well, I, I, I couldn't quite remember what clothes you were wearing. Oh right, no, sorry, because um, I'm but, trying to think which one you saw. No, I think it's probably is the one, but it, it just just the way you presented yourself was different to yeah to your others. I mean, it's it's you shouldn't publish too many videos. Well, maybe anyway, I but. think that's when I, yeah, <laughs> I think that was my first one. I guess at that point I didn't really know like how you're supposed to present yourself or, if, you know. And at this point I was like, I don't care. I'm just gonna be myself. I've never done it, let's see. And then that's when the persona stuff kicked in because I thought, okay, uh, if I want to like talk about everything that I maybe maybe have to go for more neutral outfits. <laughs> and, uh, and that's when I started being a little more low-key maybe. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Because okay. I thought, huh, I don't want to appear high status too much I guess I'm just starting out maybe after and I'll be like okay I'm, I'm gonna rock all these outfits I don't care but for now I feel like just because I'm you know still new and stuff I, I gotta I'm maybe I'm trying to fit in at some point I don't know maybe that's not good but I, yeah. be authentic be yourself like I, yeah. the thing is with uh, with like comedy if you you know you get to a point where you're very successful comedy is so subjective you know you, yeah. you, you love as many people who hate you as you do love you so you're, you're still sell out rooms and you're still sell out your gigs at that point with your personality and what yeah. you do you you just have to accept that then the other half of people hate you and yeah. that's that's and you'll never get away with that because i swear i want to wear heels sometimes like wear sexy dresses like <laughs> just like i'm gonna go party whatever but i think it's not the right place you know <laughs> to do that i think the only way you can do that in comedy is if it's ironic yeah and then and then you know there's something about you that different about the way you're going to do it that you know there's a reason I, i'm just yeah. rambling now but i think I, i've seen comedians who really really dress up good and like really smart yeah but it's it's a joke because the stuff they're talking about contradicts it so then it's the opposite but then if you right. come across as you know you come across as confident in the way you present yourself and then you're material. so it's like almost a character act basically yeah i guess so yeah, yeah i guess okay. and that's fine you can yeah. that's all right but I, I just think I think the, the the beautiful thing about comedy is that you know you you talk you did you did act and you've been acting when you become someone else and and you become another character and you yeah. draw on obviously experiences um been there done that and that's great but with comedy yeah. you can't lie about comedy you are who no. you are and and you can't you can't insult an audience with with that arrogance there and to think yeah. that you're going to fool them with something they're going to see through it yeah that's true. Also, uh, touching about that, I was just trying to think how it did take me a while to have to deconstruct what I had learned as an actress for comedy because, you know, like, I, I, I feel the need, like, I, read to, I need to learn what I wrote. Like, I guess that's a, a disadvantage of, like, still having this acting um, background. And so now I'm trying to not learn my lines as I would as an actress and just go with the flow and just have, like, guidelines of what I'm going to talk about to just really connect with the audience because before I would try to remember like a word by word and and you can't do that as a comedian because then you're you can't really connect with the audience mm. so that's one thing that I, I feel like yeah the the stepping from being an actress to a comedian that kind of you got to deconstruct stuff that you like you have these muscle memories and I, I would say a line in a way okay this is where people are, are meant to laugh I would kind of direct the, the laughs 
Uh, and so now it's it's good. It's quite informational to have the feedback of the audience straight away because now I'm like hearing laughs where I didn't think that was where the laughs were supposed to be. So now I understand. I can't really uh, say a line like and laugh. You know, it's just be yourself and d deliver whatever you 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 have like in your mind straight away. You know, mm. and be more spontaneous and 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 authentic with the audience. So that was kind of a good um, exercise for me to change from learning lines, super like you know classical way, and then just being more genuine on stage. She is still a fantastic actress, and she's available <laughs> for bookings, and particularly good at audiobooks um, for uh, Audible. Uh, just just dropping your name there again, Audible, if Thank you want to get in touch. Oh, yeah. um, I've also got a nice voice. Where, where's the where's the where's their slogan? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, you should remember this. No, I just, at the end, there's, there's just the end credits. This has been an Audible production. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. By, yeah. Read by Anushka Rava, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how she says it. Again, I can I can clip that out and you can put that in your show, really, if you like. Yeah. yeah. What did it, and then there's a guy who's like, Audible hopes you enjoyed this production. I yeah, think there's yeah, yeah. this one guy at the end, after the end credits, that, said that, that says that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You just yeah. have to get a little word in. They're fun. Audibles are fun. How long do they take to do? Like, if you're doing oh. a... Uh, I took two days and a half because I did one where, like, it's eight hours of my voice <laughs> with the Iranian accent. But it was fun. It was fun. And, uh, and I have another one, four hours and a half. And that took a day and a half to do. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and the Arabian Nights, it wasn't only me. It was, like, the whole ensemble cast, so... I don't know how long that okay, is. Okay, so you read the audio books and that's the thing though, like when you do voiceover work, it's like money for old rope. It's so easy. You go in, read a script over for, for like an advert, you're there for all of one hour and yeah. you're out the door and it's really well paid for the time you're there. Whereas an audio book is like you're there for a fucking long time. Yes. And if you if you don't um, say it in the right way, you've got to keep repeating it. I remember, yeah. I remember um, Stephen Fry, who's one of the best ah, yeah. readers of... I was so proud because I went to the um, Amazon De Development Center and the, 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 his picture was there with like alongside all the actors that came here to record <laughs> audiobooks. I was like, wow, this is so nice. And then there's just like a little... You just brought like a little passport photo and just stuck yeah. it next to him. I'm on the same wall as Stephen Fry. Yeah. And the, he's, he's an absolute pro and he's incredible at doing them. But there was one word he couldn't say right. He wanted to change a word that um, mm. I think it was for the Harry Potter books. Ah. And, you know, just imagine they've been there for ages trying to pronounce this one word. I was on the radio yesterday and I was trying to pronounce the word commemoration. Okay. Um, I'm saying it correctly now because <laughs> it took me ages on, on air and off air to say it. Oh, yeah. But it just the, the, the triple M just got me. Commemoration. Yeah. Okay. What, what were we were saying instead? Like, what were you? I was trying to say commemoration. Okay. But I was going to come I had such a hard time with the, the word Caucasus. You guys say Caucasus? Caucasus, yeah. And it was the title, Days in the Caucasus. So the sound engineer was like, Caucasus. Like, oh my God. I was saying Caucasus or whatever I was saying. I don't I know. I was just being like, excuse me, would, would you, do you want to come and do this? Do you want to come and do the voiceover work? Or are you are you the guy recording it? What, 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 exactly. Who's like, here like, for this? Yeah, Caucasus. Yeah, now I know. <laughs> you live and learn. <laughs> okay, so what's your what's your plan for the next year then? So I have never done it, the Edinburgh Fringe, and I really want to do it. So I would love to have enough material to do half an hour, and then someone else do the other half an hour, which I know is very ambitious because <laughs> I only have ten, like a solid ten now. 
so yeah, we'll see if I can write another 20 minutes. Otherwise, I'll try to get me. I'll do 20 minutes and then another two to do 20 minutes. We'll see. But yeah, I'm writing. I'm, I'm writing towards that um, that goal. Okay. The yeah. other the other way to do it, you can sometimes do one where I think someone did a 20 and a 40. Oh. So, but they alternated each day. So one that you did the 20 and they or. You did, they, you did the 20 and they did the 40. Okay. And then they swapped around and the next day you did a 40 and they did a 20. And they shared the bill in that way. But I think you'll do it. I think you'll be able to build the, 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 just write it all and then just start trying to yeah. do loads of open mics to get the exactly. material Exactly, right. that's what I'm doing. So I'm doing like each month, I'm try, I, that's what my aim is. Like in November, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try five minutes, like just a gig, like uh, as much as I can and, and uh, solidify those five minutes. Then in December, another five minute. And then January, and then I'll try to put them all together and have a, you know, half an yeah. hour. Yeah, and then and get, you know, these, um, uh, what's it, open mic nights. There's quite yeah. a few out there that will give you, like, previews and things like that. So you can then yeah. perform your 30 minutes at the end of a, end, end of a comedy thing. That'd be amazing. Because it goes fast. Like, it's going to be, yeah. what, 10 months now? Yeah. The other, thing, the other <laughs> thing people forget to do is to try and apply for the other comedy festivals. Yeah. So all the free ones or the, or the ones that don't cost that much to do. There's Brighton as well that I think I want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Leicester's, I think Leicester's Leicester, a good one. That's in that. February. Yeah, I'm going to this thing on the 10th of November, if you guys are interested. There's this uh, um, tour festival uh, whole like day at the Bill Murray. It's, I, I feel that, I think, what did they say? There were promoters coming of different festivals to explain to us how to... I think it's uh, Simon Cain's running it. I yes, think. Yes, exactly. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. He does. He does the um, industry podcast. Ask, yes. ask the industry podcast, which is really that's good. That's the one. Yeah. And he 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 um he's one of the head hunches of the comedy collective as well. So. Yes. Um, good guy to go on good so side. So I saw of, um, that I was like, okay, I'm going there and uh, trying to meet people to you know I'm new to this to learn about all of this. It's a whole whole new world. So yeah. yeah. And so other, other than the comedy, obviously you've got like the short film we did connected. And the one you wrote, directed, and produced. It, yes. Where can people watch that? On YouTube and Vimeo. Okay. Yes. Uh, have you got a website where people can find out that sort of information? No. Uh, YouTube channel, just type in yes, Anushka, Anushka Rava. Yes, I need more subscribers, by the way. I'm so bad with social media. Please, you guys. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. It's so hard. So, yeah, yeah. On YouTube, if you just type in Anushka Rava into yeah. YouTube, the, her short, short film that she wrote, directed, and produced, and acted in. Yes, is and on there's YouTube. also a few videos, um, comedy videos, on, on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to do more, so keep, keep uh, looking at that. Thank you so much for joining me, Anushka. It's been amazing. My pleasure. So that was Anushka Rava. What an amazing person, great comedian, great actress, great voiceover artist, just great everything follow her youtube instagram twitter facebook all of those things are all in the show notes but i'm just jumping in here to tell you that since our conversation she has found a fellow comedian hannah brissenden to do a double hander at the edinburgh fringe so each of them will be doing 30 minutes who i'm gonna have to get hannah on the podcast now for sure definitely to talk about it so i should also make that happen but they will be previewing their Edinburgh shows at the uh, the Brighton Fringe on the 14th, 15th, the 16th and 17th of May 2020 at the Caxton Arms. I will update you with all the details as I get them. But join me next week when I speak to Sean McLaughlin, who is just one of the best comedians I've seen on the circuit. His years of hard work have finally paid off when he sees the opportunity to support none other than Ricky Gervais on his world tours of humanity and most recently, Supernature. But before you do that, 
go hit five stars, leave us a lovely review because I know you want to. And as always, be happy, be strong and love each other. See you later. Hello, I'm Luke Anthony. Do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health? Well, Meet the Stars is a brand new podcast all about that. Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member, which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there.